name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the moon. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you an ice cream. <laughs> Welcome to Double Oz 7 for our fourth part of our Double Oz 7 Best Of series. We dropped in a surprise episode last month the long awaited third Best Of episode, which covered all of our 80s recaps, and we're back now to cover all of our 90s slash 2002 movie recaps we've got the entire pierce brosnan era here for you and most of these episodes were recorded years ago and it's fun for us to go back and listen so if you haven't listened to double all seven in a long time then here's your chance to revisit all of our best moments from 2015 uh and if you have listened to double all seven recently well then you're like us and you just want to listen to us and our comedic genius over and over and over again because there's a lot of great stuff here uh, this is going to be all of our best ups covering Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. And in advance, I apologize if the song Die Another Day drops in there like it seems to on every single episode, then that's Ben's fault, not mine, because he edited it together. But uh, otherwise, sit back and enjoy this. If you're at the gym and you just want to laugh to yourself, if you're in the car and you want to hide your laughter like we do, then go right ahead and enjoy it. The best of Double Oz 7, part 4, 1995 through 2002 movie recaps. Golden Eye, I found his weakness. Golden Eye, you'll do what I please. The, the lyrics, just quickly, uh, I know Noah's definitely going to cover one lyric. He loves a lyric in this song. Um, <laughs> but the lyrics, you know, have kind of gone back into actually making sense in terms of a plot of a film. I think there's lots of references to the film and actually makes sense. So, yeah, this is adds to why this film is so great. Well, tell us some of them. Some of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think... Don't just... Don't just make a statement. Tell us. Oh well, I didn't lyrics. want to take you, steal your thunder. Um, <laughs> no, no, not that lyric. But what are some of the lyrics that fit with the? Thing? Uh, well, you know, Golden Eye found his. I'm not having a go here. I'm genuinely. Interested. Well, God, I found his weakness. Uh, he'll do what I please. I think, like you know, found his weakness in terms of you know, like they were buddies, and he talks a lot about the sort of in the film later on about he knows his every. I think move. that line could apply to all previous Bond films too. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Ben's explanation. You'll never know how it feels lyrics. to get so close and be denied. Um, you know, talking about being connected, obviously, before. Oh, yeah. um, seeing him move through smoke and mirrors. You know, talking about Giannis, obviously. He was sort of <laughs> hidden in the background and then he comes through there. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm trying to make a statement and you're trying to call me out. Fuck you, Noah Groves. <laughs> <laughs> The tears, the tears I've cried. Not lace or leather. (laughs) It's a golden honey trap I've got for you tonight. That one. Well, revenge, it's a kiss this time I won't miss. Now I've got you in my sights. Feel his presence in the crowd. That was when he was in that crowd. The golden. (laughs) I do love the moment where Alec gets his revenge on Bond by uh, totally shoving his tongue down his throat, too. That was an awesome moment. (laughs) Well, he felt felt it in his breath. 
<laughs> we apologize again for 007. <laughs> apologize for Ben. They're not going too far, but they're pushing the envelope in this movie uh, to see what they can get away with. And uh, wow, th- this may be proud to be a Canadian. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just let you know that face that Ben's talking about. We walk around with that face on all the time. That's what we all look like. Hey. <laughs> it makes it all the more funny that I'm looking this at this on Ben's Skype right now. So I think we'll have to put this picture on the post to give some context. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm we just picturing everyone in Canada walking around with that. Face. We stand on yeah. guard for the. Uh, <laughs> I, that was all, all I wrote my notes here was my notes for that scene. All it says is "Oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee." True. Hey, um, true. This, like, seriously, I. I hey. I, I can't help but say that. This is one of those things where you you wonder. The Bond movies are kind of meant. They've always said how the Bond movies are meant to be a little bit of fantasy, where you know the the guys would kind of picture, oh, wouldn't it be great if I was James Bond and I could live this life? This is one of those moments where you're like, Xenia's into Canadians, so I have a bit of a chance. I'll be dead, Old but I have a chance. <laughs> well, oh, in about fifteen twenty years, I will have a chance. Uh, yeah, it makes me proud to be a Canadian. Right, we're off to Seven Iron now. We're in uh, we're in Russia, yay! Um, and we we get introduced to um, E Harmony's number one Bond girl, um, <laughs> Natalia. You should put a small, <laughs> tiny little uh, context to that. Yeah, so just basically on the day of recording this uh, at my paid job, I got a media <laughs> release sent to me by dating website E Harmony, trying to cash in on the release of Spectre. By basically saying that they have put through all the Bond women through their, you know, highly ana- analytical <laughs> dating services to find out the exact match with James Bond, who would be the perfect Bond woman. And Natalia came out at number one. And number two was Plenty O'Toole. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and the worst was freaking Tracy, like dead wife. So uh... <laughs> I want to know the factors that they put through to get Plenty O'Toole at number two. Like, what are people looking for? I will admit, I was on the panel. All right, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it... Jinx number three. Yes, Jinx was in the top ten. <laughs> This is not my comment. This is my wife's comment as we're watching this. Uh, God. She's several times uh, made comments during particularly like the, the Daniel Craig movies about Judy Dench being a hot old 80-year-old. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's seen Goldeneye in years. And when we're watching it, we're watching it for maybe about a minute or two, and it's just silence. I'm not even commenting on the scene itself. And all of a sudden she goes, I think this old broad got better looking as she got older. <laughs> Not my comment, my wife. <laughs> Poor Judy. Poor Dame Judy. Your wife is a sexist and misogynistic dinosaur. She wouldn't have said that if well, it was a man. <laughs> Judy Dench at 80, slightly hotter than Judy Dench at 60. Look, I'd, I'd, I'd take Judy at any age, let's be honest. But her hair is short. <laughs> I can buy her a wig. 
This is like Ben's role playing. He's in, a, he's in bed with an old lady. It's like, just put on the wigs. Put on the wigs. Isn't it? Didn't we go over this? Put them off. Straighten your wigs. Didn't we go over this Dave in Riddick? Doesn't she have hot, long hair in Riddick? Does she? I don't know. I think Dame Judy is the hottest 80-year-old there is. I think <laughs> yes. that, Dame Judy is the hottest M we've ever had. Uh. <laughs> well, she well, is. she is. Oh, You're right. right. She does Although that scene in Spectre, though, where Ray Fiennes put on that dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ray Fiennes is quite attuned to betting Qantas flight attendants. I don't think Judy Dench has ever done that. Well, I don't think Ray Fiennes is putting don't. on a wig while he's betting the Qantas flight. He's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite, isn't he? Bold, like going Potter. Yeah, Ben, you're not a... attractive to Ray Fiennes. He's got We're short hair. We're going to have comments pretty soon when we do Spectre about Ben saying, you know what? Ray Fiennes, hotter with hair than without hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put a wig on that, man. <laughs> don't get me started on bold man. <laughs> Bold men and short-haired women. Yeah. <laughs> You're kryptonite. <laughs> um, I think Cotlin starts talking about M in a week. Um, yeah. Uh, this scene. <laughs> I, <laughs> put on a wig on her, be right. <laughs> Come on, you just... <laughs> oh god! How is it always coming down to something stupid Ben says on these episodes that make us lose the entire thing? <laughs> Should we right put a wig on? <laughs> Here, Judy, try this on. <laughs> Ooh, a genuine horse right. hair wig. <laughs> 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 this one's half you between be my horse and money penny circa golden eye. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Deep calm breaths. Um so the M scene. <clears throat> Short haired M. I love this exchange. I, I love Jack Wade. I think Noah, you're not a fan of him, but I, I like it. I, this is where Joe Don Baker actually can shine. It's not, you know, shitty Brad Whitaker. It's it's Jack Wade, and I love their whole sort of, you know, first connection where obviously there's meant to be sort of secret spy codes mentioned there, and, and you know, Jack Wade's not buying any of it, stiff-ass Brit. Um, then we get, obviously, the rose. Show me the rose, please. No! <laughs> Muffy. I love the way Brosnan <laughs> delivers that line. <laughs> that is one of the best Brosnan lines in all of Bond. He's sort of like, he's sort of half holding it back. He's so embarrassed to say it. Muffy? <laughs> My name is Muffy Galore. And, and then obviously we get a little um, side-in joke, whatever, when we get Jack Way turning around and saying, Hey, Bond, you do any gardening? Uh, A.K.A. Uh, James Bond, the real James Bond. Um, so, yeah, then the car breaks down. We, I love I love the way he keeps saying... <laughs> was the real James Bond a gardener? I thought he was a bird watcher. I think there was also a, a reference to a gardening, wasn't there, some point with Ian Fleming? Isn't there? Gardner was one of the writers. John Gardner. Oh, a, anyway, I'll find the point there. Whatever. Um, lots of lots of gardens have birds. Okay, let's tie it together. 
That's a good point. Um, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. I haven't finished, I haven't finished. Um, um, can I join? He's getting excited. He's like, Ben, shutting up. Not quite. Um, the, yeah, so then with the car breaks um, down, we get this great little, you know, fixing up the, the car. Hand me the, re- the hammer. No, the sledge. Uh, I love the way that Wade keeps calling him Jimbo and Jimmy. Um, I don't know. We get to learn that um, to try and find the connection to to Yanis, um, he's trying to find him, obviously, there in St. Petersburg. Uh, Wade said he can point him to his competition, Zukovsky, Valentino Dmitri Zukovsky. I gave him the limp. Like, I just love that line. It's so good. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, we've obviously got Natalia. She's also in St. Petersburg. She's shopping for computers. I fucking love this whole sequence which is in there. And obviously, this salesman's all like, oh, yeah, a woman. And he's like, she's like, I need 20 for the American schools, 16 for the Swedish schools. And he's like, loot tightening his tie up, like, oh, okay. And I love the little interaction when she's in the room and like he walks in, everything to your satisfaction, everything but the interruption. <laughs> Love it. And, of course, you know, she's um, basically MSNing with Boris. Um, and, yeah, I'll probably close it just before we get to, to Zukovsky because, uh, yeah, we get them driving sort of up to Zukovsky's place and also at the meantime we see Natalia meeting up Boris in a church and dun-dun-dun, there's Zenya. We realise Boris is evil, not that we didn't really already know that anyway. So, yes, Jack Wade, Muffy um, and Natalia buying IBMs and then going to a church with uh, Alan coming all over her face. <laughs> It had to be said at one point. Everybody wants to really understand. I think we're starting to get Ben's just one of those people that doesn't have that part of his brain that says stop talking before you say something. Filter. Ben doesn't know the definition of filter. (laughs) No filter. Um, I want to go back to something else you said that was kind of funny, Ben. When when Natalia walks to the computer store and the, the salesman apparently was like, oh, woman. Ben seems to think that 1995 was this world where women were thought of as like lower than dogs or something. Like the feminist movement did occur 30 years earlier than this. I don't think the salesman was looking down on her for being a woman. It's Russia. All right, they're a bit behind the times. Oh, really? Okay. Um. Hey, I'm the feminist voice for this podcast. We established that a couple of episodes ago. The, the scene with Jack Wade, again, it's it's another one of those fun scenes, especially because you don't really get that often. Sometimes we make fun of the fact it's like, why are these agents there? They don't really have any authority, especially the DEA just storming into the Bahamas, as we mentioned in the last one. Uh, but I like that Jack Wade's like, you know, I, I am not here. You know, the CIA has no presence here. It, it's a little bit of a technicality that's kind of fun in the movie, but it actually does make sense. The, I want to talk really quickly about the whole what keeps me alive, keeps me alone scene. Uh, it's very interesting that I found we... The perception, again, is that Bond movies are just made for guys. But it's funny that I've probably met just as many women, if not, I'd say more women, who love James Bond movies than I've met guys who love James Bond Can movies. Can I meet the women too? This... <laughs> uh, go for it. <laughs> just come to Canada. Do they uh, have, have short hair, then? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll bring my wigs. <laughs> no, but we have we have great wigs. Uh, yeah, I, I have not met these women. I don't know of these women you speak of that love James Bond. <laughs> I, I honestly know tons. And the funny thing is Die Hard, the same thing. Maybe it's just Canadian women love like these more macho action movies. <laughs> so, so the nicest country in the world are secretly sadistic and violent. Exactly. Well, you saw what happened to Admiral What's-His-Name when Xena squeezed him. <laughs> it's ice hockey. It's the ice hockey. Admiral, Blame yeah. the ice hockey. I told you. We all look like that 24-7. Winter, summer, spring, fall. All right, here we go. Because Xenia never happened. No, exactly. It's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'll go first. Fifth. Okay, before we start oh. here. Um, <laughs> just, oh, can, 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 no, no, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm just going to say right off the bat, I counted people that we saw Bond kill because I think the opening scene is going to be the question about anything that happened off camera. Um, so are we going, like, do you have well, a count? Let's yeah. just get off our camera? numbers well, out of the way. Hang on, I'll say. We may all have the same one. Yeah, if, you, okay. if you're referring to the facility itself blowing up, I didn't count that. I only counted people Good. I saw him kill. The only one that I feel that I'm probably a bit iffy on is the final bit with the pen blowing up. I think the other two I'm a bit more confident on. I got 59. 59? Yes. Yeah. No. I got 22. Oh, Jesus. I got 31. <laughs> well, here's the thing with the... Okay, what did you get, Noah? 31. So okay. I think we can rule out 50. Well, hang yeah. on. I can defend well, 59. Here's the thing with the pen, though. But I can no. We're not the, counting the octopusy shed. No, pen. I will defend fifty nine because I I will tell you why. Sorry, Colin. No, hold on, hold uh, on. Before let's talk about the pen. You see a lot of people, you know, being stirred up by that, but you don't see anybody dying. In fact, I think yeah, you only you see one or two people on fire, and they're kind of rolling around. You're laughing at that. You're not watching it. You're just laughing at the fact that I know. they're burning. <laughs> I am watching. I can, Slow motion. Just no, but I will say you do see them. I counted here 21 in the pen explosion because, and I've slow moed this to make sure of it, when you see the initial pen go off, you see people falling and flailing. Then there's a bunch of people on the lower floor who at the moment have survived, then there's a second explosion which you see cover them and then the ones that are running out there's another there's a third bit which you then see them also falling down and like ah and i freeze frame free froze frame it and slow mode it and i counted 21 of those people in that area who at one point or another were falling down on fire or were about to get crushed Right, but if you don't see them stop moving, there's no way to determine if it's a death. But that's the same with somebody who gets shot. We see someone go, ah, and fall back, but we don't actually see the initial part of them on the ground dead. Well, because you're, the thing is, is you're arguing an explosion in which, by your own admission, they're flailing around still quite a bit, so they're very much alive. But they're, so. they're, they're in the process of dying, the same as when a soldier's getting shot. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> when Boris is the only one left there, we don't see bodies lying around. And I think that's what sells it, is that Boris is clearly the only one left there. Everybody else has kind of fled. But there is also... Uh, or maybe died somewhere but else. There is but also, there's no body. I don't fight. think it's 57. But there's also but bits... we've got to figure out But there's out also way. bits where you this do see bodies on the ground. Anyway, all right. Can I just go... I'll just go back to the, the opening bit. I got... Um, I counted nine crushed by the barrels. I got seven initially with... Were they deaths? <laughs> I think they they're getting deaf. crushed by those things. Also, He's going to kill you. <laughs> hold on. No, for the, for the sake of time, deaf. I'm going to cut in here. You count about the same amount of people before those barrels fell that are there just holding their guns on bond, right? 
I about the same amount of people follow Oromob out of the building. No, no, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> see them. So, no, I'm not I don't know where these extra guys are. Completely. I'm not count. I'm not <laughs> counting them before. I free again. I'm freeze framing it when they're actually on the ground underneath the barrels, crushed, and there are right. still other then, people well, who are not crushed. Who why are, get back? Why off? just as many soldiers following Oromob out of the building <laughs> seconds later? There, if you watch the scene, if you freeze frame it when they're actually no. crushed, there are still as many people standing up around them at the same time. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, well, I've got nine barrels, there's seven... one way to solve this. Yeah, there's only one way to solve this. Our numbers are so drastically different. Can we assume by a majority that Ben is so far out well, of this? No, hang yeah. on. Just let me... I feel it's I'm allowed to actually go through my numbers here. 57 bong Just hang on a minute. Let me at least go through what I've got here before you can shut me down. Speed it up. triple my number. Nine crushed by the barrels, and we've got seven getting shot by the machine gun as he's coming out of the, the building. Then he kills the guy, the bike guard... I've written bike guard, then the pilot. So there's those two. Then we obviously don't get any deaths until the archives, which if I can get to my notes here quickly. So he initially shoots two at the top of the stairs and he's got four at the door, one through the glass, three more on the stairs, two guards at the bottom of the stairs and he's got one more guard in the gap. So that is what this six... This is what adding is a... Handy feature to, to understand. <laughs> 7, 10, 13. Then he... This is 13 in that section. I had 12 in the... Uh, I had 12 there, too. No, well, all right. 12, one off. Not too bad. Then none in the tank chase. Then... Yeah, we're down to 56. Then he kills Oromov. <laughs> and then he yeah. kills the pilot in the helicopter. He kills Xenia. Then there's two that he initially kills in the dish. Then I've got 21 in the pen explosion. Then I've got... He kills Travel and then he kills Boris. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I'll just say I I somehow missed Oromov and Xenia, so I would have had, oh, that put me at 23. But basically all of your extra kills, we can tell, are coming from things where people probably didn't die. Um, so I think these are more, more deaths in the, the bloody sequence in Octopussy that we didn't count, and I still debate they were deaths. What, what happens right, if let's... you take off the barrels and take off most of the If you pens, take off the barrels, then that's, what number do if you, you take, take off the barrels, that's 51. And if you take off the, what did I say, 21. So I've got 30 if you take off those ones. Oh, and I've got 31. So... I say we go with 31. Okay, well, Woo! given the fact that we're going long, I will concede and put 31. <laughs> All right. And we're going to say right now, nobody reference us at any point in the future in any studies <laughs> on Bond Kills. To all Formula One fans who listen to 007, which really wouldn't be any, um, Nico Rosberg is a dead ringer for Stamper. Google it right now. But um, no, I love Stamper. He's he's oh, he's, he's such a good henchman. Um, I you, you stole what I was going to say there, Noah. Uh, easily the best of the Red Grant clones. Um, and we we're such a big part of the movie. Um, you know, he's he's in so much of it and. I just, I just think he's, he's so kind of, he's so German, which is great. Like it's, it's that's not meant to be a bad thing. It's just, it's fantastic. And I'm just reading here on, on the uh, trivia on the, that uh, 
Goats Otto, I can't say his name. Um, when he was apparently called in for casting, he was told he had 20 seconds to introduce himself. He said in five seconds, I'm big, I'm bad, and I'm German. And that got in part. So, um, and just kind of a, a few kind of bits on his sort of character. Um, apparently in the movie novelization, um, <laughs> it was revealed that his hobby is making snuff porn. And then apparently <laughs> he enjoys kidnapping, young, kidnapping young women and filming them while they are being raped and tortured and sells what? the videos on the black market. That is what? why he, there is a man filming the execution of the naval officers. Um, and no. the one the one that I, I'd read many years ago was that it was originally planned in the script that um, he'd had a brain injury and couldn't register pain. It was pleasure instead of pain. So, of course, that idea, of course, was sort of used um, in World is Not Enough with Renard. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think he's great. And, there's you know, he's just got that, that factor about him that makes him a fantastic villain. And, um, yeah, in terms of, yeah, I don't know what we will classify Renard as, but if I'm to think of the Brosnan henchman... Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably put him just above Zhao. Um, I know. I think Colin, you're very high on Zhao, but um, yeah, I mean, I like Zhao. I'm not anti-Zhao, but I'm just kind of thinking. Like, you know, you had that conversation with me. Like, where would you rank Carver amongst the Brosnan villains? Um, so I'm just thinking that in the henchman. But anyway, yeah, go Stamper. You you are awesome. I want to see the um, the Stamper BB film that he made. <laughs> <laughs> well, not with the rape, but. <laughs> God. Well, you see, at least now we know where Stamper fits into the Carver organization. I mean, his purpose is that he heads up the, the Carter Media uh, Group's snuff porn film. <laughs> well, he's wants Tomorrow, to dominate uncensored. every market, so that includes that too, I guess. But um... His, his uh, introduction to the, the inaugural broadcast of the Carter uh, or Carver snuff porn network was interrupted as well which explains his vendetta against blonde the two, the more two channels gets fired again. Again. Yeah. and then becomes the subject of the film um, but yeah I don't know what Raymond Benson I have that novelization I haven't read it before but I've got it at home <laughs> maybe I need to pick up chapter 8 <laughs> kidnapping women and making films Stamper like, removed her clothes and killed her <laughs> He filmed it. <laughs> what was Raymond honest, Benson the... thinking? He was bit into snuff. He's the what? Spielberg. He's the Spielberg of the snuff porn industry. <laughs> <laughs> he's revered Stamper. the world over. <laughs> <laughs> he's a visionary. Um... Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of. I know Stamper's supposed to be a bad guy, but that's kind of ruined it for me. That's a bit too far, isn't it? Kidnapping and raping women. We don't want that in a Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, there's really no response. We just need to end this conversation. This is going. We don't want this in Double R Seven either. Stop <laughs> 
The BMW 750 is the ugliest James Bond car in the history of James Bond movies. I love the... Over the Lotus? Yes, the Lotus is beautiful and sleek and a, oh. a gorgeous car. Like This, this looks is like a... something that uh, Sharon would be driving around taking her kids to the supermarket. Yeah, this is just a plain mum car. Like It's not glamorous. <laughs> it's not sexy. We had the Z3 Roadster in, in Goldeneye and we're going to have another. I think I think it's a Z4 in, in World Is Not Enough. And then, of course, in we get the Aston and the Jaguar and die another day. Like this is, I mean, look. When we get to the Craig films, one criticism I have of that is Craig drives around in dad cars. But like, yeah, this is a, this is a mum car. Uh, I love the idea, the gadget, the whole remote <laughs> control thing. It's fantastic. But on the outside, this is one piece of shit, ugly car. Are you calling mums piece of shit ugly? No, or? no, mums are fantastic. But like, <laughs> it's it's because Ben has seen too many short-haired moms driving around <laughs> in this car. And he forms this opinion. <laughs> Quote Ben Waterworth. Mums are fantastic. I want to point out that obviously, given that BMW had this massive contract for James Bond film, that uh, pay attention in the uh, garage scene later on where the bad guys happen to drive Mercedes, BMW's number one rival. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> And I just want to point out, on a side note, Daphne Deckers is her name, uh, listed as PR person for the Carver Media Group. She is, oh, like, talk about random side characters. She's in this movie for 30 seconds and says, like, three lines. <laughs> Every time that scene, like, no one was watching this with me when it was at my house the other week. But just the whole scene where she's up on stage and she's all, like, speaking German, like, oh, oh ladies and gentlemen, please remain calm. Don't go for, like, why would people run out? Oh, well, that's finished. Let's leave the party right now. <laughs> like, I was like, what's going on? What's going on? What do you mean you don't know what's happening? You're fired. Get out of my side. <laughs> something about that that just oh god he's such a dick to this poor woman leave justice for Daphne like (laughs) I can see this the the next day she wakes up sad and little Jimmy comes up mum can we um go to the shop and buy some clothes sorry Jimmy mummy lost a job we're gonna have to go down to center shouldn't she be the one who ends up killing Elliot in the end yes there's a sequel to tomorrow (laughs) for tomorrow Daphne no for me. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Carver is enough of a jerk too that like he doesn't even give her a name? She's his assistant or whatever. That PR lady is what he calls her. Like, <laughs> PR her lady, bring pro- me my form. Her, her name um, is probably like Mildred uh, Sampson or something. <laughs> and he's like, PR lady, get over here. You're fighting. This is something he does all the time. You're fired. No, no, just kidding. Stamp is not even his name. He just calls him. <laughs> It's like the scene when when she's like, I have uh, Waylon's like, I have a confession to make. I snuck in, and he's like, and why would you do that, my dear? Like you could just like, well, why, why would you he do doesn't that? Doesn't hesitate lady. to beat up a banker, but someone snuck into his super secret <laughs> yes. guest list party where he's launching this big network. And oh, I'll get you on the team. Let's let's re- let's reverse <laughs> roles. Come over here. Let's C- reverse the roles too. Like she's probably a she's guaranteed a spy. <laughs> if you have like a communist you know, news anchor that wanders into your party for your news network. You should be shooting them in the face right there. And let's let's be honest. This, they're this having is... conflicts with China and the Chinese woman who snuck into your party. <laughs> Elliot Carver is a sexist. Let's be honest. Let's reverse the roles here. Waylin walks in. I'm a banker. Oh, yep. James Bond comes in. I have a confession. I snuck in. Get out! <laughs> well, at least he doesn't make snuff films. We can give that to Elliot. Good job, Elliot. <laughs> 
Terry Hatcher has been Lois Lane and a Bond girl. Like, this should be my dream girl. And <laughs> sure, she looks fantastic, but she's not much of an actress. Like, in either Superman or this, I don't think she's that good of an actress. Uh, I would have rather they got Monica Bellucci for this. I think that she would have been fantastic. And if she plays this role, I think it's a memorable role. I think it's a more memorable role than Lucia Schiara or whatever. But uh, yeah, if anything, that would be my only theory is that Terry Hatcher just she doesn't really have the acting skills to pull this off. And one Can thing we I just quickly add, sorry, Noah, that um, with Terry Hatcher, she apparently accepted the role purely to fulfill her then husband's lifelong dream of being married to a Bond girl. So uh, <laughs> there you go, Colin. If Jamie decides to be an and actress, she is the trophy wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently, too, she was pregnant throughout this entire, an unexpected pregnancy uh, yeah. throughout this entire film. So that's why well, he was excited because she was a Bond girl. <laughs> <laughs> It's his lifelong. Yeah, as soon as she was cast, he's like, "Let's go right now." Honey, I got the part. Bend dream. over. Which, was this guy only like twenty? Like this is his lifelong dream. Um... Well, but plus, I mean, let's be honest. I think she misinterpreted that. If you say it's my dream to be married to a Bond girl, you're probably saying it's your dream to be married to Honey Rider or uh, <laughs> Xenia on a top or something. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that when he said that, he's like, "Yeah." Uh, go become a Bond girl because that fulfills my fantasy. <laughs> While she's off 17. on set filming, he's like boning Eunice Grayson or something. <laughs> 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 Who is this guy anyway? He sounds like a dick. John Tenney, best known for his role as Fritz Howard on the TNT series The Closer, at The Closer and Major Crimes. There you go. Oh, it's always been my dream to be married to someone on The Closer. Like, what's his end of the deal? Like, she's not filming this. Married? What does he do? He was in Green Lantern. No, they're not married. They divorced in 2003, oh, had a daughter, Emerson oh. Rose Tenney, and he's now since married producer Leslie Erdang. Oh, <laughs> was she about, is she going to be on Bond 25 now? <laughs> she's not even the producer of a Bond girl. Or has like... he got a new lifelong dream? <laughs> what, what has she produced? Um, she, down. Well, hang on a minute. Um, she has. <laughs> produced... We're judging people off what they've produced in entertainment. <laughs> um, she has been involved in um, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, oh, hold on. Been my the dream. closer. <laughs> Is she the producer of the closer? Was this all just to get work, Mister Pip? Uh, <laughs> always been my dream to be married to someone who produced Mr. Pitt. Well, she's a produ- the producer of the Seagull, which her husband happens to be the star of. Like, Jesus, don't work out of the house anything, guys. Like, I think we can take from this that John Tenney is a dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this started on trashing Terry Hatcher. Now we're all like, that poor thing. And meanwhile, <laughs> their daughter... Their daughter, Emerson, who was born because of this love, is like a philanthropist. I can't even say the word. And apparently he's known for charity work. That's the daughter? That's the the daughter that was in the stomach of of Paris Carver as Bond was boning her. It it was always his dream to have a daughter who did charity work. (laughs) Glad she could fulfill your need, John Tenney. (sighs) We need to get the daughter 
of <laughs> Terry Hatcher's baby bump on the air. <laughs> we need that's, to settle this story. What's this girl? That's an interview. So, uh, Emerson, what's it feel like having James Bond's penis touch <laughs> your head in the womb? <laughs> ben, we did not need that imagery. <laughs> I just it sounds like a stamper there. film. <laughs> <laughs> She only exists because John Tenney's lifelong dream was for his wife to go off yeah. and please him. That, that's know, the episode title. Film. That's the episode title right there. James Bond penis touching her head in the womb. <laughs> it's or not. not. It's just... <laughs> Jeez, Tenney. Um, can we just... Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is sorry. We're getting on with this film, otherwise it's going to be another five-hour episode. But I'm just noticing here. There's a there's a celebrity snap of Terry Hatcher and her daughter, and the subtitle is Terry Hatcher and Emerson grab yoga to go. <laughs> like, why is that a thing that we need to see on a website? <laughs> it's always been John Teddy's lifelong dream that his wife buys <laughs> yoga with her daughter. <laughs> Oh, Does this new oh. wife, the producer of hit Mr. Pip by Yoga? <laughs> oh, this guy's what? If, if you search this, there are so many possibilities here. Terry Hatcher takes daughter Emerson car shopping. Terry Hatcher and daughter Emerson lunch together. Terry Hatcher, daughter Emerson, uh, skinny jeans. <laughs> Is that oh, what Terry Hatcher is known for now? Just taking photos of doing everyday things with her daughter. Well, she done anything since Desperate Housewives. <laughs> Please tell me that she's... Not John Tenney, since. she hasn't done. <sighs> ben, has Terry Hatcher remarried since? Um, Terry Hatcher has not married since. Oh. oh poor. <laughs> John Tenney's a dick. <laughs> she's still heartbroken over John. Oh, te- oh, Terry, come on. Come here, I'll marry you. We need to get Terry Hatcher on Double R Seven. It's the trash on John like a, Kenny. A bachelorette thing with Terry <laughs> <laughs> behind door number one. Fargus. Door number two. Stamper. Terry's like, will you take this rose? No, you're Terry Hatcher. You were married to John Teddy. I'm not going. <laughs> will you be a Bond girl again? <laughs> I'll marry you if you fulfil my lifelong dream. <laughs> Doing a bomb film. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move on and just say John Tenney yeah. is a dick. And can we officially now say that Terry Hatcher is, or Paris Carver is the other woman and Waylin is the bomb girl? Can we officially That's put right. this to rest that Paris yes. Carver is the other woman? I apologize yeah. to all Waylin fans and Michelle Yeoh fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> You started episode one off with a bang, bang. All the way <laughs> in uh, Let's move on. 14 martinis and 20 bonds, James Bonds. Cool. Good for him. I know, right? Good, good on him. And how many nipples in the whole series? <laughs> uh, I've lost count. 264. Uh, that's for Ben's rewatch, his private rewatch, along with uh, the, whole, the entire filmography of Stamper. Uh, <laughs> What's his first name, Stamper, or is that his first name? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I actually did have, like, th- that he was 
Bambi, Reach like it. you've mentioned. You have your name here, Bambi and Thumper and Stamper. Like, he was the brother of those. Bambi it's Richard. According to Richard Wikipedia, Stamper. it's Richard Stamper. Richard Stamper? <laughs> Why? Dick Stamper. Dick Stamper. <laughs> <laughs> What? Why How is that not mentioned? That's like Strawberry Fields all over again. That should have been in the movie. <laughs> wow. Wow. He's the star of all of his films. <laughs> Dick Stamper. Drowning Women 4 starring Dick Stamper. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's legit because IMDb <laughs> just has Stamper. Uh, it doesn't well, have IMDb first name. also said one thousand people died in this film. So, <laughs> but Wikipedia Dick didn't Stamper. I bet you that's in the novelisation. Dick Stamper. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better name than Holly Goodhead. <laughs> Dick There's the episode title, folks. It just Stamper. all connects so well. Snuff film director, <laughs> Dick Stamper. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Dick Stamper. The many Stamper. dreams of John Tenney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Dick Stamper. All right. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, let's get to this guy. <laughs> Box office. And Peter Travers, he is a stupid idiot. But don't read his stuff. Oh, Peter oh. Travers. John Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Dick Stamper. Oh, Let's God. be honest, though, before we get into the rankings <laughs> of this, um, Peter Travers did rank <laughs> Dick Stamper Part 4 as the number one of his film series. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah, did uh, Peter Travers do a, a Dick Stamper filmography ranking? <laughs> the Adventures of Dick Stamper. <laughs> Dick Stamper does Dallas. Um, Stamping his sister, Dick Stamper. Stamper. Dick Stamper pussy. Um, Dink, Dick and Della Stamper, they're all related. On a honeymoon. <laughs> um, all right, Travers first. Let's get the... Bastard out of the way. I was going to say the C word again, but I've already dropped that once in double seven. Won't revisit that again. Um, I still love the guy that you brought in to defend your point of view has now become. Let's get that dick stamper, Peter Travers. It'll pay off in two episodes, okay? Twenty first, he has got it. Uh, Just behind the world is not enough, and just above the living daylights, he says. There were no more Ian Fleming novels and titles to plunder, so tomorrow was created for... False. 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 Well, this is his credibility. Sam Parsons, Bronson Bonds tried to stop Jonathan Price's media mogul from starting World War III. Oh, please. The product placement was irregularious. Brosnan sporting a tux by Brioni of Rome. Do you want to spell that for us? E-G-R-E-G-I-O-S. I-O-U-S. That's a big word, Colin. I can't even read Bond novels. I don't know what that means. You're the journalist. You do this for a living. I work for the... The first rule of mass media. Don't hire Ben Waterworth. I don't work for like... Anyway. The world is not enough, but it is such 
So next up after that, um, we see that Davidov goes to meet Renard because he's actually working with Renard. Of course, we don't know about Electra at this point. Um, and I love the way they do it. Like they make it like he gets captured and he's like, shoot him. And they they try to build this tension like the audience would be like, oh, no, not not Davidov. No, don't kill him. I don't know why they're building this thing that we should be worried that Davidov is about to be killed. Leave like, Davidov alone. So what? Um, so it's just funny. Shoot him. No, Davidov. But alas, it is Arkov, I believe his name is. Um, is that his name? Arkov, yeah. So he gets killed instead. Not um, Arkov. <laughs> not this guy we just met, um, which practically we just met Davidov too. Um, but Davidov lives to fight or die another day. Um, Bond is snooping around the officers and he finds um, Arkov in the, the boot or the trunk. Um, and we said, not Davidov. Well, yes, Davidov, because <laughs> Davidov takes... A bit of a death right here in the hands of James Bond. Um, so, bye bye, Davidov. Do we want to eulogize Davidov? No, we don't. Um, and then Bond standing in as Davidov. Davidov is such a central character in this film. He's, <laughs> he's his own poster, Noah. <laughs> yes, he's got a poster. <laughs> We've so got to put the Davidov poster on the poster yes. of this. Uh, <laughs> yes, so. And then we have the guy coming up, and I thought Davidov was coming. Well, he couldn't make it. He's so um, popular. Everyone loves Davidov. <laughs> <laughs> I want Davidov. I'm not leaving until Davidov comes. Um, Davidov yes. had the grease. What does he say? Yeah, um, yeah, that's funny. So Bond's standing in for Davidov, and he joins... Uh, uh, who are... They're Renard's men, but I'm not sure if they've got a certain title. But uh, they're going in a plane... <laughs> uh, musicians, I think they're called. CD um, owners. <laughs> Bond joins as Davidov into the plane and they're heading for Kazakhstan. Of course, they need to tell us it's like Asia or something because this is pre-Borat. Um, and then a weird scene because he says Bond is not Davidov. He's now posing as Dr. Arkov. And the guy, when they land, he says... Dr. Arkov, I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, well, weren't the guys that he was getting on the plane with expecting Davidov? So why is it suddenly Arkov? Oh, wait, never mind. That's stupid because they killed Arkov. But then if he admires Arkov's work so much, wouldn't he know that Arkov does not look like Remington Steele um, and he looks like a big fat, chubby broccoli Russian guy. He could just um, read it. He could just be like a... a pa- no, I guess so, but... Do you know what all your dumb. people in your uni classes' notes look like? No, I just do it because I want to pass. I don't <laughs> give a freak whatever uh, L. John Arkov is and what he wrote about framing. I just... <laughs> I don't admire him, unlike... Uh, ever uh, this guy does so I don't know if you admire someone you generally know what they look like don't you anyway moving on um, so uh, at the 58 minute mark we hear a wonderful American accent 
and we're introduced to one of the best characters to appear um, in James Bond. It is Christmas Jones. She's here. Hello, everyone. Welcome. The the bullshit that is Denise Richards. <laughs> Do we hear fart noises whenever we hear her name? Yeah, the dick stamper of an actor to appear in this film. Um, I don't know what to say. Because I generally, when people hate on things, I try and just look at different angles and try not to just join the pack of hating them. Hello, when we get to next film. But um, this is shit. She's so bad. (laughs) She has a reputation for a reason. It's horrible. Not only is the character horrible, the actor, actress, Denise Richards, is just terrible. No wonder she won a Razzie. It's it's really bad. Um, the character just coming off Waylon and Natalia. It's just really bad. Even Pam is better. It's just oh, this involves a nuclear bomb in a huge part of the plot. So we've got a nuclear physicist, and she's going to tack along and be an annoying little shit. Um, we may as well talk about Christmas Jones and get it out of the way. She adds nothing to this film. I don't think she should have existed in the film. They should have kept it at Electra and make the main villain, the main Bond girl as well, because the chemistry between Bond and so good that we keep talking. And then they tacked on this Christmas shit that she, there's no chemistry. The character is dumb. They're trying to go for like a Lara Croft thing when she takes off all her clothes. I believe that Tomb Raider was out at that point, wouldn't it? Probably. The game, Um, not the movie. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the game. Um, okay. Care about. Yeah, no one cares about the Tomb Raider movie. If <laughs> Daniel Craig was in it. Daniel Craig. No, he yeah, doesn't even care about it. Yeah, I don't think he, he doesn't care about James Bond. He doesn't care about anything he does. <laughs> I will slip That's my wrist good... if I'm ever in another Tomb Raider movie. <laughs> no, you're going to see um, Elevation by you too. That was in Tomb Raider. God, Noah. No one cares about Tomb Raider. Except for Davidol. <laughs> I like Tomb Raider. Uh, Oh, but you like going to Ben. <laughs> oh, I feel ashamed to agree with you in this episode. Yeah, you two are on a team. Pipe what down, happened, Colin though? Hilding. <laughs> uh, just heads up, we're not going to be having any episodes on Tomb Raider. Um, so sorry if you're a big fan. But we'll talk about Tomb Raider, Lara Croft's ripoff, Christmas Jones. I. Uh, I don't know where I'm going, so I'll let one of you two talk about it because, again, I try and turn the other cheek and just try and think of something different to say. But she's shit. Easily one of the worst, if not the worst, Bond girls who's tacked onto this plot and is annoying. So I'm just repeating myself. So, Ben, I fear what you're about to say here because when it comes to the films you like, you seem to find a way to defend anything, even if it's a (laughs) blinking fish. So tell me your thoughts on Christmas, Jones. We'll get to Christmas, Jones. You've covered a fair bit before that. Um, Renard, we, I love the whole devil's breath scene and the, the rocks and the fire and, um, you know, getting to meet Renard. And can I just point out Davidov? I feel sorry for Davidov. Like, he's not like Vargas or Hans, who's just a villain who's shit. Like, you just analyse everything that Davidov is in this film. He's, he's the loyal servant of Electra. Then, you know... In comes Bond. He's trying to turn him away. He's like, no, turn back. Oh, I'm Bond. Oh, come on in. 
and then, you know, doesn't Electra doesn't listen to him, arrives in a helicopter, then doesn't get to go check out the survey lines, then, you know, gets called upon, but no, it's for Bond, not Davidoff. So Davidoff's like, oh. And then, like, you know, he gets a night off, and he's going off taking selfies of himself in that little shipping container thing to put on the bit, and he finally gets called up for his big job with Renard, and rocks up in his car, and he just gets killed, like... Davidoff doesn't do anything wrong in this film. I I'm feel... surprised Davidoff didn't kill himself. I by feel the way, sorry for him. I can see him sitting in a bar. Writings listening... on the wall was written about. I was about Davidoff. to say that. I can hear, see him sitting there listening to Sam Smith going, "How do I live? How do I breathe <laughs> when you're not here outside the game?" That's Davidoff. Um, poor Davidoff. Davidoff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Look buy the Davidoff me. poster and I'm gonna put it up in my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Did Arkov get a poster? I don't know. I, I, just, in reference, if people don't know what we're talking about, there's a book, a James Bond poster book out, and each, it sort of goes through each film, and it shows like international... Big Cat Reads, so he's got the James Bond <laughs> got the Bond pretty poster. picture book. It's got like um, all the international posters for each movie, and for The World Is Not Enough, they literally release like posters for like actors, like, like Cigar Girls got like a poster for like the... Portuguese or Spanish market and yeah because the actor who played Davidov was Danish so they released like the Denmark poster with a big picture of Davidov and he's like standing there in his suit (laughs) can you imagine the date oh yeah let's go see what is not enough for Davidov (laughs) no they killed off Davidov Oh my god, it's 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 so funny. We they're very heavy on the the Danes in the last couple of Brosnan films. He's brushing up on a little Danish, and then poor old Davidov is killed. Um, I love Bond's gadget, the credit card, when it like opens up things. That's awesome. I love the whole bit when Bond's like meeting up there, and he's like getting on the plane, and he's like, oh, he's buried with work, and then it's like, oh, did you bring it? Have you got the grease? <laughs> Just with that bag. And it's like, you think, well, what's in this? What's in it? They're fucking sneakers. (laughs) These guys are so happy and excited for these ugly blue shoes. (laughs) It's just, it's so random, but it's just, I just, I think it's hilarious. Um... It should be sad, because Davidov wasn't... Yeah, I know. Like, Davidov's alive at the party. Like, you know? Aw. Um, yeah... Christmas Jones. Christmas Jones. Um, the ca- I like the character. The character, in essence, is an, a good idea because I can probably see your point. Take it out. It's not going to affect the film. But if you take her out, what's Bond doing in a lot of these scenes? Like, you know, in the part... Why does Bond know all about nuclear fission? Yeah, like, I don't know. I, the character is an idea. I just... Denise Rich, like, Denise Richards is good to look at, but she's not good to listen to and everything else in relate. Like, I don't get why Denise Richards wants to try a hand at a film like this. She's okay in, like, a scary movie or a, was it, Wild Things or whatever it was when she's like... Well, I actually think it was Charlie Sheen's dream to have um, <laughs> a Bond girl <laughs> wife, so that's why she's in. Winning, um, but... Yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I remember watching this when I was younger and just fucking loving her, like, as a 12-year-old. I mean, why wouldn't I love her? She's in a white top at the end underwater. Of course you're going to love Denise Richards. I mean, hello, but other than that, like, watching this now, like, I know you two think I have questionable opinions, 
but I want to go back to 12-year-old Ben Waterworth and shoot him in the dick. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like, oh. You do realise if you somehow manage to harness the power of time and going back and shooting yourself in the dick would affect your future uh, practices. <laughs> Well, did you think this through, or are we are we really concerned about, about me reproducing? Considering my opinions, isn't that a, a good service <laughs> to the world? Is yeah, that, but then you don't have anything to urinate out of. At least think of at least a practical use. I can cut a hole How in there this and this the in-depth discussion we've had so far. <laughs> I'm sure, there's gonna be a bladder like with a hose. Like I'm sure they can <laughs> bladder hose. I'll go see Doctor Warmbroad. She'll be able to hook me up. Literally, um, <laughs> Doctor Warmbroad works with a bladder hose in. For you. <laughs> um, this is what happens when you've got Denise Richards. You end up talking about t- Ben's time traveling dick. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing that, like, as I said, I like the character, but like, can we honestly think that Denise fucking Richards is a nuclear scientist? Like, they, they could have put Paris Hilton in this role and it's probably more believable. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God. Like, can we, we can at least say that she's the only James Bond actress to win an award for her portrayal of being a James Bond actress in the worst actress category at the Razzies. Although I think, actually, <laughs> hang on, I think Madonna might have won one in the next film. But anyway, we won't, get, we won't mention that. And Halle Berry got one, didn't she? Not for Dying Another Day. She got it for Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I seriously Yeah, she's think, a career loser. I, There's I, a difference. <laughs> I actually honestly think Madonna did win one too. But anyway. They made fun of me the fact that it was like nine days or you know ten days away from my wedding, and they're looking on Jamie's Facebook, and she's like, yeah, in 10 days, I'm getting married, the man of my dreams, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then, like, I go over to Colin's Facebook. It's like, Denise Richards is the dumbest Bond girl ever. Who cast this idiot in the movie? And I just went on rants about Denise Richards that it still haunts me to this day that that's what I was talking about before I got married. But, <laughs> but it is comically bad. I mean, we're talking about we, – we're going to have so many Denise Richards quotes at the end of this episode, and we're all going to be cracking up listening to it. So that's something over at least Stacey Sutton and Jinx in the next one who are just kind of annoying. Hey, Stacey Sutton ate a quiche. <laughs> she ate a quiche. <laughs> and Jinx would fucking rip her head off and shit down her throat. You leave Jinx alone. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. If we're talking in a real fight, I think Denise Richards takes Ali Berry. Oh. She was married to Charlie Sheen. Come on. But Charlie Sheen would. Oh. All I heard She'd was. Kill Denise him with a breast. Halle Berry, and I'm in. <laughs> I would watch a Halle Berry Denise Richards fight with popcorn. I'm there, but like, not. Ugh. Can I just say that I love Christmas, um, the season. Me too. It only comes um, once a year, though. Yeah, at the time of recording, it's very close to coming. So, woo, go well, Christmas. Well, hopefully, it will come a lot quicker with turkey. <laughs> Now we're just saying the word come and Christmas and well, it's, it's great when Christmas comes. <laughs> Being pierced thought so. Can we get so Charlie. 007 ornaments or even James Bond ornaments? When we're going back to our t-shirts, Christmas comes once it twice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's Edit move boy. on. <laughs> that's staying in. Don't tell me to edit that out. That's, that's, that's back to our comedic genius. <laughs> All you want for Christmas is a new dick after you travelled back and shot it off. <laughs> and then Christmas would really come. Hose. But anyway. 
Oh. <laughs> we we apologize. That. On behalf of 007, we apologize for Ben Waterworth. Bring back the fat well, I would say that we apologize, but you were the one who brought up Money Penny masturbating, though, so I think we're all on equal footing. <laughs> At least in the context of the story <laughs> we're watching. I don't know what dick shooting and. <laughs> what did Stromberg come into this? <laughs> oh, there's the context. That, that's the sequel to the Spy Love Me. Uh, he travels back to try and save his dick. Um... <laughs> dick stamper. <laughs> this is worse than the farts. Now we're making dick jokes. Um... We apologize. Hey, you know what this can what save it? You know, I can save it by playing something we haven't heard yet. <laughs> We already feel my way from talking Bell, about it. Jingle Bell. <laughs> no, that, can we hear Goldie instead? Never. Yeah. <laughs> Say never again. All right, let's move Don't on. Don't mention that, that was... shit pile. Well, it's better than Christmas Jones. No. Why couldn't have? Why couldn't have they got Fatima's Bush on instead of Christmas? She could have done it. Um, I Davidoff. I don't even know what we're up. talking about anymore. <laughs> Something about time travel or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's where we learn for sure. Well, we already know, of course, but that's where M knows for sure that Elektra is not a good good guy, and she, all the MR6. What was that? Blowfield. You like Elektra's paws? But never mind. Bad joke. Move on. <laughs> edit point. <laughs> No edit, no edit, that's the edit. No edit, you leave all our dumb jokes in, so... <laughs> well, actually, you also leave yours in, too, so that's... Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Electra's men kill all the MI6 agents, and we have one of my favourite moments where M slaps Electra. Um, I could watch a whole film of... Um, Judy Dench Judy slapping Dench people. Judy Dench and Marceau girl, girl fighting. <laughs> Well, just Judy Dench slapping people in general. I could watch two hours of that. Um, <laughs> the TV show. This week on Judy Dench slaps people. <laughs> this Our week, Judy Dench. <laughs> the, the three celebrity guests who will be slapped tonight. Ah, oh. <laughs> Denise Richards. Denise Richards. And Denise Richards. Will Ferrell. Next week, join us for Ulrich Thompson, <laughs> best known as Davidov. In the world is not enough. Here's Judy. She's behind the scenes. She's warming up her hand. She's ready for a good slap tonight. How are you feeling, Judy? Who's up for a slappy good time? <laughs> That's her catchphrase every episode. They're ready to slap, slap, slap. Oh, Judy Mixie up. There comes the left hand. Oh. Classic, classic Judy plot twist. Everyone, everyone how about your that. mother? You know the, um, you just got slapped in the face. Oh, obviously, we're not how about your mother fans. Anyway. <laughs> you know, we had a good role going there. <laughs> <laughs> what? How about your mother? It's funny. Way to kill the pacing. <laughs> you just got slapped. How about we hear a little bit of that right now? Your lips, they're trembling, but you can't speak. You're trying, oh, you're trying not to cry. You just got slapped. By Judy Dench. Across the face, my friend. Damn. You just got slapped. By Judy. 
Yes, that really just happened Well, everybody saw it ha! Including Davidoff Everybody laughed and clapped Not Money Penny Cause it was awesome The way that you just got slapped oh, Judy Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny Keep going on Oh, Ben just proved he knew what he was talking about <laughs> Judy's Judy's career has really gone downhill after Skyfall. Um, Judy just slaps people. If M just leaves, what happens? <laughs> what, is yeah, what she if so she adamant? Bond? I'm sorry, Bond just died. I can't deal what with this. She's insolvable on the ground. I can't. Running out like a teenage girl <laughs> out of the building, <laughs> cutting for Bond. I've got a gift for you, M. Stop singing. (laughs) M just breaks into ballad. (laughs) That slaps everyone in the room. Um, Open it up, and it was like the greatest bits of garbage or something like that. Sixty minutes with baby. Your pun's not alive. Hey, you know what? She she was way more broken up about Bond potentially dying than King. Do you think that maybe Bond and M got it all back in the day? I reckon. Yeah, That's maybe. why they drink so much. Somewhere cool. That's how he knows she has balls all the time. <laughs> She's always um, trying to get him drunk so they can have sex again. Have <laughs> a drink, Bond. That's the one time he was drunk. She's got to roofie him. Every time... Every time they get tanked together, they end up in the sack. <laughs> See the next morning. Oh fuck, we're here again. Don't tell she my gets husband, like Jay. Special, special tablets off cue to roofie uh, Bond. <laughs> M roofing Bond. In this picture. <laughs> you scroll need... to M's phone, and it's all these selfies of her and Bond in bed. <laughs> but Bond dick pic. <laughs> from Russia with love where Rosa Klebs got the magic mirror so when <laughs> Warm Flash and Bond are getting it on they zoom out and M's Ed's there and Tanner and Robinson behind her and <laughs> she's just filming it and I'll get my revenge cigar out of the trash <laughs> you just see all these scenes of like Bond's out there and you know oh they're gonna have my ass first things first and you hear this beep beep and he looks at his phone to Snapchat from him <laughs> Did you say the first things first? <laughs> <laughs> the M just relentlessly Snapchatting James Bond. Got a gift from Electra. She's evil. Lol. <laughs> Stuck in this cage. Coming free. <laughs> I feel free when What's I'm with What's the time? You, Cleavage shot. <laughs> 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 Hashtag uh. bored. <laughs> Tits out for Bond. Judy <laughs> uh. Dent, she's a man, uh, a man, no, she's not a man, she's a woman of. Many talents, as we've discovered. Can I just point um, out that Noah Groves is the one who said, tits out for Bond, not me. <laughs> Can we just point out, according to James Bond wiki, Electra's middle name is Vavra. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Ah. <laughs> like, uh, is that supposed to be a From Russia with Love Easter egg, or is that just the name, Electra Vavra King? It's one of... The, I love it. It's one of, um, what's his name, Karen Bay's, like, 
children, but it's a yeah. daughter. We know how much they breed in Turkey. Yeah, they were in Istanbul. <laughs> so, does that does that mean Electra and Bond are related? Because Bond's Vavra's son. So, um, <laughs> this just took a dark turn. <laughs> we were just having fun talking about Judy Dench and Pierce Brosnan in bed, <laughs> and you have to go too far. <laughs> oh, I've just got a I've just got a Snapchat from like Judy. It says, uh, "Oh, she's like putting a hand over her mouth, shocked, and says hashtag incest." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, she needs to get a job. Um, too bad she's dead. Um, well, Judy Dench isn't dead. Anymore. Well, I hope she doesn't die between I, I, now I and we I don't want to see Gareth Mallory's Snapchat. Ray, Ray Fine's Snapchats, I do not want to no, see. They're just with Qantas flight attendants. Yeah, and Bill Tanner. Um, and Harry Potter. All right. I just, I just want, I want people to go back and listen to the Moonraker episode because what is going to be hilarious this episode is I'm going to be here like, oh, this is great, this is fantastic. I'm going to have both Colin and Noah going, how the hell is he wearing the same clothes? And what is this? Doesn't make sense. This is like me completely in Moonraker. So it's come to this, and um, let's just say that this didn't have a double take pigeon in it. So, um, anyway. But it had plenty of other shit things in it, so... This is our, our that? 29th episode of Double Oz 7. And, uh, in it's only a number. Each of those 28 <laughs> episodes, we have heard a snippet of a song. That song is what we're about uh, to talk about now. Uh, and let's, let's just say right now, if you hate this song as much as these two people who are about to come and put their opinions in in just a few moments... Fast forward the next five minutes because you don't want to hear me talk about this song. Five right? minutes? <laughs> I've been building up for this for a long time, okay? Yeah, we've, not five we've minutes. We've had discussions in our chat. I've been mocked. I've been ridiculed. Now it's my time to speak. First of all, the sequence. Let's not even start with the song. Let's start with the sequence. We get uh, Bond getting waterboarded, water tortured, whatever. And it kind of leads then into the the sequence where we get little scorpion tails, and it's the first real opening sequence where it actually is still continuing on the storyline. We're seeing Bond get tortured by weird, angry, slightly attractive North Korean woman who's by fire and ice women. <laughs> fire and ice women. He's getting to- with the story. tortured with water, tortured with uh, scorpions. Um, he's growing his hair long. Um, he's, he's getting abused, um, and, I mean, I think, Colin, you sort of touched on the fact that it was spoiled. Yeah, I remember that being spoiled, but, I mean, this is something that we've never had. We've never had Bond actually being captured and held for this amount of time, so I think it's a nice little touch that we see this through the opening credits. I, I remember when I first saw this opening credits, I hated it. Like, I was like, what the hell? We don't see what's happening in the film in the opening credits. This is, this is going, you know, this doesn't work, but it's kind of one of these things that over the years I actually quite like the fact that they're showing this story throughout it's better than seeing Sheena Easton floating around singing a song um and the graphics like I like the scorpion tails the way they like go up with the music um fire and ice women I kind of like it it's fine um 
I like sort of ember women coming from the fire, like floating around through the uh, the sky. Um, and I think it's <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I I don't think it's the best Brosnan credits, but I think it's probably third uh, out of the four of them. Um, <laughs> Second last. But I, as, I mean, I've always been, I always think that the Brosnan credits are great because they really kind of tie in with the story well. And I think that, you know, as I said, I think at Goldeneye, we really don't have a bad opening credits with the exception of maybe Quantum of Solace. The song. Ah, the song. Now, this, I mentioned it was the first one that I really sort of owned before um, I ever kind of saw the movie. And look, this was 15-year-old Ben really finding his fandom for the Queen of Pop, <laughs> Madonna. Um, and I was so excited, the fact that she was the one who was doing this song. And I remember hearing this song for the first time. I had my friend and I listened to it and we just sort of looked at each other and were like, well... That was different. Um, you know, that was not what I was thinking, but gradually listened to it, listened to it, listened to it. Just absolutely loved it. And yes, I am a Madonna fan. I don't care. People can send all the hate mail to me, whatever. I, I don't give a shit. So, of course, you might think I'm a little bit biased in that opinion. But can I just say that, yes, it is a real sort of skew away from what we know of James Bond music. They tried to, and let's bring this quote out because I've been waiting to get laughed at for a very long time, adapt to the times. And... (laughs) So many flaws with that argument. You can bring the flaws, whatever, I'm still going to put it out there. It's something that they have tried to do with numerous songs in James Bond. The, The style of music, sort of electro, electronic music, was quite big in 2002. They try to do it. And the thing is, this isn't purely electro. There is orchestral elements to this song, and I think this sounds fantastic. Listen to the instrumental. This is a great instrumental. And... No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lyrically... Oh, here comes Ben defending the lyrics again of a James Bond song. Um... If you actually look at the lyrics... When did Munchkins join the po- podcast? <laughs> Meerkats, Noah. Um, it's, you know, I think we went into this in one of our previous episodes. There, Lyrically, it explains what is happening. He's getting, like, killed. He's, like, wanting to close his body now, which we will see. But luckily, Sigmund Freud showed up to save the day. <laughs> He's, he's, we don't want James Bond closing his body on Sigmund Freud's watch. It's basically telling the story of Bond in captivity having to stay alive and that he needs to die another day because he's got to go out there and fight the world and, you know, save it. Um, look, Madonna did what she did with this song. It's a fantastic song. I don't give a shit what you two say. Rip it to bits. Whatever. Call me an asshole. Call me a dumb young whatever. But it is fantastic. <laughs> it is a different Bond theme. It is. I still think that it works for the time. It works for this film. This is a film that is just out there and check your head at the door. Just enjoy it for what it is. Same with this song. This song I can listen to completely separately from the James Bond music as a, just a normal song. Uh, Success-wise, well, we've gone over this a bit. It was the highest-charting song since A View to a Kill. Uh, it was the fifth most successful dance track of the 2000s. Put that out there. Um, and it is just awesome. So there we go. 
you fast forwarded, you've listened. Oh, and the film clip. Can I just point out, film clip, second most expensive film clip ever made in the history of music. And if you've never seen it, it's got lots of James Bond elements and themes to it. It's great. Madonna looks amazing. Get fucked, Colin. Get fucked, Noah. This song is awesome. Go get fucked. Wasn't Kevin Costner's Waterworld the most expensive movie in history? Does that mean that it's good? (laughs) I don't know what kind of argument that is. (laughs) The, the prisoner exchange is okay. Uh, I don't know why Zhao's shirtless. Was he shirtless there, or am I imagining that? I think you're imagining that, isn't he? In an orange jumpsuit? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't think he's in an orange jumpsuit. I think I'm imagining Pierce. Yeah, Pierce is shirtless. Somehow I got shirtless men on <laughs> why the train. Why are you imagining <laughs> anybody shirtless? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm thinking of here. Um, shirtless no, bed uh, by the sound. <laughs> <laughs> and you went off at me for liking Madonna. Just, it, Pierce rocks the hobo look more than Money Penny rocks the short hair look in this movie. Harsh <laughs> but fair. <laughs> um, yeah, we. One of the things I really like here is uh, the the scenes with M. M's role is obviously more significant in this, and this is the first time I think we see what Daniel Craig M is going to be. This is cold, heartless M. You know, she's talking about how, you know, I would have rather you just been rotting and dying in that prison, basically. And I think that's a good scene. The whole thing with stopping his heart, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really bother me that much. Although the slow-mo and the black and white, it was like they took every single bad, cheesy, overly dramatic effect they could think of and threw it into one sequence. And unfortunately, it's not going to be the end of slow motion in this movie. Um, it's definitely not the worst use of it. But, uh, you know, the rest of it, his escape is pretty good. Like you said, his flirting with the nurse and her kind of checking him out. Uh, maybe he was shirtless at this point. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get some screenshots to verify it. <laughs> well, I think Colin will be. Uh, oh, I'll just get some screenshots of the shirtless man. Oh, that's the first thing he'll be doing after this. <laughs> Somebody bring on Miranda Frost quick, because my mind is very is sidetracked shirtless? right now. <laughs> Madonna has turned you into a, a shirtless man lover or something. <laughs> Madonna turned me gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the first time that sentence has been uttered in the history of ever. <laughs> Sounds like an episode oh, of Jerry Springer. Madonna turned me gay. That's putting it lightly, Colin. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, See, Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid reference. They're all over in this film. <laughs> this is Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't have too much to add on. That yeah, it's a nice to have a from Russia with love reference, but yeah, peaceful fountains of desire. You'd think he would have gotten with her at least. Um, and then yeah, Colin talked about the timeline. Like Zhao, it must have been on the express plane straight to Cuba. <laughs> Jeez, this is <laughs> happening, like because it's not like they would have raced to got there. Zhao would have already been in North Korea for that to. For them to know that, so... I mean, in Cuba, sorry. So, fun times. But, yeah, they seemed decent, I guess. Well, in fairness, we don't know how long Bomb was on the boat for. So, and he could have been there for a week. They decided to stay in communist waters for a week. Yeah. Well, it might take a week to go from North Korea to Hong Kong. I don't know how long it takes. If you're walking... (laughs) Well, it's not exactly... You've got to... Whatever, all right? Shut up. Those countries are kind of semi- Go look at topless men. 
<laughs> I don't, again, I'm not big on geography, but I think they're kind of close to each other. When you were talking about, well, they're in the they're in the same continent. Um, when you were talking about, um, I, I should have mentioned cutting for Christmas, not cutting for Vesper. He hasn't met Vesper yet. Um, he's still upset about Christmas. Anyway, that was a bad joke, Ben. Um, well, I was going to mention something you brought up there. <laughs> Can't remember. Mustn't have been that important. Anyway, all right. So we're off to we're off to Cuba. We the get distance all... between North Korea and Hong Kong is two three six three kilometers. That's a fair <laughs> distance. Over two thousand um, kilometers. If you travel with airplane, it takes two point six two hours. That's airplane. This is a boat. Yep, a shot. It did not take more than 12 to 24 hours. Ben, uh, it takes like, what, an hour to get from Tasmania to Melbourne, and it takes 24 hours for the boat to get there. So if you do that math... <laughs> All right, well, a 24-hour we trip, about fair three enough. days, two days. Well, two days, okay, two days. He's in Hong Kong, and then he's a week recovering before he gets woken up by him. That's plenty of time for Zhao to pop in there and go, oh, my God, you know, Colonel Moon, you look different. You're an Englishman. Where do I get the same surgery? Sends him to Cuba. So, but is there any, a, a plane that flies direct from the capital of North Korea straight to Cuba? I'm sure they would stop off in a place. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you went to London, why are we having this argument? <laughs> well, do anything fly from North Korea? They have planes? People have left North Korea before? <laughs> We're in Cuba, okay? Dun, 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 dun. We're getting great. <laughs> We're hearing great Cuban music and Bond's in a Hawaiian shirt, okay? Um, How long did it take for him to get there? <laughs> he swam, all right? He's strong. He's swimming. Bond, um, uh, first of all, let's, let's talk about... I know I'm going to sound gayer if I say this, but here's Brosnan. You're already down that rabbit hole pretty far, Colin. Just go for it. Pierce Brosnan's wardrobe is fantastic in this movie. I love that he's wearing like this. It's fantastic. I think it's pronounced fantabulous, actually. Yes, it's fantabulous. This is going to sound so bad, but the fact that his shirt's like unbuttoned halfway looks really cool. Please bring on Miranda Frost. I'm very concerned right now. My marriage is on the rocks. Thank Colin, I'm just, I'm just putting those Madonna albums in a, a bag. They'll be uh, in the post tomorrow. And and let's just say, this is the scene I was thinking of earlier. Zhao shirtless. He's shirtless for an entire action scene. Um, you always talk about how your wife's going to leave you for Daniel Craig. I think it's a race to Daniel Craig at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Halle Berry um, running up that hill is Jamie and your Bond chasing after the helicopter. Daniel Craig's in that helicopter. <laughs> Daniel, we love you! I might re-edit that with bobbing heads over the faces of those characters with Colin and Jake. Um, I'm going to move on before I get into more trouble here. <laughs> I like the whole fight scene, so I'm not going to complain about this that much other than Madonna. like They're trying to play sexy with her wrinkled back hanging out <laughs> give us miranda frost being you know done up in the back don't give us madonna just because you want to do her up in the back jesus i'm pretty sure most of our listeners would rather rosamund pike over madonna too not the gay ones uh... 
Well, I think uh, of all three of us here, at least on this movie, I can speak for the gay population. <laughs> They'd probably rather do Rosamund Pike up than Madonna. So, so we're, we're only, just a throwback. We're established that I'm the feminist voice. Colin's the gay voice. <laughs> and I love old people. <laughs> yeah. So you should be loving Madonna in this scene. Let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. But Judy Dench. Woo. Um, <laughs> wow. I would do Judy Dench up. Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> if she was fencing and needed help with her costume, I would do her up. She'd probably break a hip. <laughs> well, that's why Madonna was so stiff and we didn't see her fighting in this. <laughs> they tried to get her fighting, but she just got stiff and stuck there. So she was trying to analyse it. it. <laughs> that's how Judy Dench died in Skyfall. Uh, she was fencing. <laughs> Uh, the plane stuff, I'm convinced they only had a plane to have a Goldfinger reference in there. Like, I don't know why else they had the, on the plane. Um, Graves killing his dad. Okay. uh, Fine. Um, Jinx versus Miranda. It's just like. I don't know, it's just, again, the jinx it has to be better than Bond. Like, she kills more than he does in this film, and again, it's not a gender thing, it's that James Bond should be number one, unless it's a reboot. Then, um... The suit is just... This is... You kept shitting on going to space. This is straight out of science fiction, this Robocop business. Um, shooting, like, laser beams or whatever it does. It's ridiculous. Um, this, it, it makes him look like an action figure, and it makes him look like a joke, not a scary villain. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that at all. I think it, it makes this film even more of a joke by having robot graves in there. Um, and then read this, bitch. Like You're really skipping ahead to what I haven't covered yet. <laughs> well, well, we're never going to be done if we don't talk about this. <laughs> I already talked about the, the cast sequence, so... Um, <laughs> you and I will talk about this separately, Colin. It's fine. I'll continue. Yeah. Noah fell asleep for a while and just assumed we were over the head. So Bond um, gets his two kills, he becomes a double O agent. That was a joke. <laughs> um, he suddenly looks like Daniel Craig from Tomb Raider. <laughs> Tomb Raider, yes. Read this bitch is dumb. Um, Bond killing graves is just to have Goldfinger in there. I don't know if that's a living daylight scene with the plane. And the helicopter escape is okay, but not great. <laughs> okay, so uh, we then see uh, Bond um, getting involved and shooting a hole in the plane. People get sucked out, which could be a reference to Goldfinger. Um, <laughs> don't know, perhaps. Noah, do you have anything else to add, or are you officially asleep? <laughs> well, the fact that the last five minutes of Pierce Brosnan's era of James Bond is Samantha Bond masturbating and Halle Berry <laughs> fingering her belly hole. Um, <laughs> With another establishing exterior shot of MI6, might I add. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's the end of Pierce Brosnan's era, which probably sums up this film pretty well and how far the Bond films came and why it needed a reboot. Um, yeah, Money Penny just going at it. What the hell? Again, it's using the ah oh, shocker. They get together in the twentieth film, the fortieth anniversary. I know it was all a dream. It's just cheap and lazy writing. It's ridiculous. And it's awkward to have Q stumbling on Money Penny masturbating. Like, that is not the character of Money Penny. I'm sorry. No. And I am officially over Samantha Bond and so glad we don't have to see her in James Bond anymore. I will not miss her at all. Um, it's it's awkward and I feel awkward watching it when Q walks in. It's you just, prude. Should, what's she doing? Oh, She's masturbating. Fun. It's natural. Try it. <laughs> at work. It's natural in a James Bond movie that's PG-13. At We're work. We're seeing sex in this movie. Masturbating nothing. Secret agent. Secret service at work. <laughs> we'll never again be able to look at her sitting behind that desk without wondering what she's doing under the desk right now. She's providing a secret service to herself. Where did James Bond hat go after Thunderball? <laughs> I just this is how far the character Muddy Petty has gone. They went from uh flirting between Sean Connery and Lois. It was cute, it was just back and forth. To Samantha Bond going at it, fingering herself in the floor on MI6 while James Bond is in wherever, God knows where, in a hut with Halle Berry. Hold on, can I point out the, the funniest thing about this is that this is a virtual reality machine that runs on programs. Who wrote the program of Masturbating with Bond <laughs> version 2? This is a pre-programmed program. It's, it's like it connects to your brain and has whatever you want. So Q's <laughs> being a perv and programmed the scenario where Bond and Money Pity get together. That's just even more <laughs> weird. That's creepy. Oh, my God. Wow. This, that, that just took a kind of sinister turn that Q would be the one to program such such a scenario for... Maybe it's to practice, like, work relationships or something from James Bond, but that's a just weird playing in the background, and this is how he kicks back on a Friday night. <laughs> this is just, yeah, I think I've pretty much summed it up, but I can't believe this is the end. Although I do like the, the end of Brosnan, kind of, we get a little scene from each of the crew members, even though it's kind of inappropriate. Um, and then good, bad, oh, shut up, he's... Should have kicked Halle Berry off that cliff, a la BB. I mean, a la Locke reference, kicking him off the cliff. That would have been a good final reference to the past of James Bond, if he put her in a car and kicked her off. Um, yeah, and what is this hut? It's just okay. They're in a random hut, and she's shoving diamonds into her belly button. No. I should also mention this is if you go back and watch this is the moment where the music is clearly you know the da -da 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 from you only live twice. Is it though? Yeah. Because I was. It's thinking not like they, they, they're they're changing it up a bit, but it's very clearly based on that. Yeah, I wasn't paying close Special enough. Special note to the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack. Oh, you're an idiot, Ben. You're a fucking moron. See, so we don't even need to say it anymore. Ben just knows it. He understands. <laughs> I'm just preparing myself. All right, I just need to wrap this up. Uh, James Bond will return. Well, maybe he might return. <laughs> Shit, 
that's gonna be the end. Um, that's it. We need to get to our final things. This is, episode's gone longer than the film itself, and that's a crime. So let's move on. Glad to see it over. The end of Pierce Brosnan is Money Penny masturbating, and Halle Berry and her diamond set. We will uh, eulogise correctly Samantha Bond in our next episode because she deserves it. Yeah.